0: Hi, I'm Eric, and I'm Megan, and this is Cinema Super Collider, where we're smashing up cinema one movie at a time.
1: Greetings, my friends. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are
0: interested in the unknown, the mysterious the unexplainable. That is why you are here, my friends. Can your heart stand the shocking facts about
1: Cinema Super Collider? Super Collider? On this, the 90th episode of Cinema Super Collider, we will be discussing the Jules Verne-based film from 1961, Mysterious Island. Yeah, we're going to go on an adventure. On land, on sea, and in the air. Yeah, that's what the trailer says. The trailer's pretty fantastic. It shows all the parts of this film that you need to see, with the exception of the dress, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I'm going to read this book. This- amazing review that I found on IMDb about this movie a little later on because it's the kind of review, apparently, that I would write about a movie.
1: Yeah, we should, you know what, we could just do that and then not do this whole episode. It would save us a lot of time.
0: It's true. It's true. But we should probably talk about the movie before I read the review because it won't make much sense until we talk about the movie.
1: Okay, so it's a, basically, it's a Ray Harryhausen-based movie with giant, stop-motion monsters and and things and a bunch of manly men and some uh sort of spunky women defeat them and have an adventure and it's that's the kind of movie it is it's kind it seemed like it was kind of long but movies ran a li- little long in those days you know these kinds of adventure films it's
0: like so a robinson crusoe 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Swiss Family Robinson mashup, but blander.
1: Yeah, this is really uh, of a piece with Journey to the Center of the Earth. It's very similar in a lot of ways. It didn't make Megan as angry.
0: No, Um, it doesn't have any misogyny in it, really. I mean, it's a movie that is set in the 1860s. And so there is a little bit, there's like one moment where supplies wash up on shore of this mysterious island
1: mysterious island
0: mysterious whisper,
1: mysterious whisper.
0: <laughs> i couldn't get that out of my head the entire time we watched the movie uh where like they open it up and everyone's very excited because there's these it's a box full of pristine things guns and a sextant and a compass and books and oh look ladies there's cooking pots and hairpins and i don't remember the other thing needle and thread maybe or something yeah, that and was the
1: main the main two things the women were excited about they got very excited about cooking hair, pots and hairpins hairpins
0: and i was like oh, god damn it movie but then i was like well wait a minute it's not like journey to the center of the earth where you know the the woman in the film the character in the film was like i think we're being followed and we're in danger and the man the our hero was like, fucking women, always talking about rats in the attic. No, it was like, <laughs> we opened a box of supplies and it's 1860 and you are women and these are creature comforts that you might actually feel like maybe you have some control over your lives about, so you might get excited about them. And the movie is not really calling out much other than that. And, like, that was literally the only thing in the movie where I was like, my eyes twitching a little bit. So, I actually, it it passes the Megan, uh, this movie doesn't really make me want to murder someone misogyny test. Uh, I've
1: got a a, a related question for you, Megan. Yeah. Like, you're a modern woman of today. I would hope so. And if you were stranded with a bunch of manly men on Mysterious Island. Mysterious Whisper. Mysterious! Yes. If you were stranded and a mysterious trunk washed up, what specifically woman related things would you be really excited to see in that trunk? Something that would be exciting to a woman only. Uh tampons. <laughs> tampons. That would have been my first guess, yeah. Anything else? Like
0: Look, guys, in the end times, in the apocalypse, if if you want to be the king of the world or queen of the world, or ruler of the world, gender-neutral ruler of the world. There's, like, two things you need to get. Three things you need to get. One, you need to get, like, a bunch of weapons. Knives, guns. Knives probably better than guns because you don't need ammunition for knives. So get a stockpile of weapons. Thing number one. Thing number two, get a stockpile of medications, drugs, whatever you can get your hands on because people are going to want that shit. Weapons, drugs, feminine hygiene products. These are the three things you need. If you want to be the... Ruler of, if you want to be king of New York, mayor of New York, or fill in the city you are in. Weapons, drugs, feminine hygiene products.
1: That seems fair. Anything else that would be like... No, that's what you need. Specifically woman-related. If
0: you want to be barter town president, get those things. Weapons, Mm -hmm. drugs, feminine hygiene products. I'm telling you, you will rule.
1: So they found weapons, right? They found weapons... Mostly there were a bunch of guns and ammunition on there.
0: They did. They found guns. So checkbox number one. Right. Boom. I don't think they found drugs. No. But they did find books. So Yes. Books are drugs for your brain. <laughs> so checkbox
1: number two. And they found That should be the new reading slogan for grade school. <laughs> books- hey kids, books are drugs for your brain. Hey, you know what? Stay that- in school, get high on knowledge. Get
0: high- yeah, get high on words. <laughs> That might actually get kids to read nowadays. I don't yeah. know.
1: <laughs> read this Timothy Leary book and see what it's like to have an acid trip.
0: Books, they're like Twitter, but way more characters. <laughs>
1: yeah, so so let us uh, we'll talk about the movie Mysterious Island. It takes place during the U.S. Civil War in what? 1865. That's like near the very end of the war, right? I think so. And it's in a prison camp in Virginia, not West Virginia, but Virginia, which is a Confederate state. And there's a Confederate prison, and there's a bunch of Union soldiers who are being held prisoner at this, at this like stockade type of thing.
0: Eric's the- saying Confederate a lot because there was a moment when we were watching the movie where he's like, "Virginia was
1: Confederate, right?" Yeah. Question mark? Yeah. I said I was. I prefaced that question by mark? saying I'm real embarrassed to ask this question.
0: Question.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true. But then I realized that West Virginia split off from Virginia for that specific reason.
0: You did suss it out.
1: So if I, had, if I had thought about it for more than 10 seconds, I would have easily remembered it. But I had forgotten for a moment that Virginia was a secessionist sort of Confederate state.
0: Eric knows science, people. Not history. Science. Hey, well, I know
1: 1865, so...
0: That's a year yeah. It, it did happen. Yes. It was
1: in the past. It is a year, and it happened, and it was in the past. Anyway, so there's these prisoners uh, at this Confederate uh, prison, and it's raining, and it's they a are terrible Union storm. prisoners, Union prisoners, and they are they're all in this uh, sort of like downstairs. It's like it's like they're not being held prisoner in a jail as much as in kind of like a furnished basement. There's there's like a
0: for a, a, a Confederate prison. It was pretty comfortable. It was well lit. It's really posh, guys. Like, if you read an actual history book about prisoners of war in the Civil War, it was like, well, we put them in a mud pit and there was disease and people were eating each other. And in this movie, we are led to believe that it was like summer camp. Yeah. Everyone had a bunk bed and it was dry and they looked pretty well fed. And apparently everyone got along with one another. You put the union soldiers in the same prison with uh, pretty much everybody. It's fine. Yeah. They were allowed to keep their clothes and their harmonicas and
1: Yeah. They're hanging out like jamming down there. They had windows. Like- yeah, and it's pouring rain outside and they're in this basement dungeon and it's like w- dry and it's got a little like a, st- a potbelly stove in the corner yeah. and it's like heated Heat. and they're all they're all comfortable. I mean, I think you know I understand that they wanted to escape. It didn't seem like they were awaiting execution or anything. No,
0: it seemed like a good place to wait out the war.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking it might be better than what they're going home to. Anyhow, they're in there. There's a captain. His name is Cyrus. There's There's a captain and then there's two young soldiers. There's Neb. He's the black guy. And uh, he's actually not used and abused in this movie in a way that you would expect from 1961.
0: I do have to say, I give the movie credit because as we're going to find out in about like two seconds as Eric continues on with the description, there's a black soldier in this film and there's also a Confederate soldier character in this film. And it is literally never an issue that those two
1: characters are in the same screen. No. And neither one of them... Even mentions it. No, they don't mention it, and the the black guy doesn't die first.
0: Yep, he does get attacked by a giant crab. He does.
1: Yes, he does get attacked first, but he doesn't die, which is you know that's saying something. And then literally, no one
0: mentions the fact that he is black ever, ever. Yeah. For 1961, I'm actually giving the movie credit. Yeah,
1: I sure am, too.
0: So, the movie uh, doesn't abuse its female characters and does not make an issue of the fact that there is a black character. So, movie, I'm already, despite the fact that I find you kind of bland like Toast, which I don't like, uh, Eric knows my views on Toast. I do give you credit for, I guess, being kind of cool about race and gender.
1: Mm-mm. Yeah. For 1961, I'd give it, you know, a, 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 it a passing grade for sure.
0: I'll give it like a, s- a small golf clap in yeah. the corner. It sure. didn't
1: strike a blow for women's rights or minority no. rights, but uh, it wasn't uh, aggressively unpleasant. And I it, don't there's, know. There's a, there's a, I
0: don't know that dress. That dress review is coming up. The yeah, so. dress review. Yeah. So
1: there's there's neb the black guy yeah the young soldier and herbert the young soldier also who's going to be the generic love interest of this as you well know he's no pat
0: boone though no he's Mm -hmm. not but he's he's
1: that character he's like the the young handsome fellow you know so and they're bringing in a new prisoner which is some engineer dude he's a civilian no 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 he's not an engineer eric has
0: eric has had face blindness for like the he's he's Eric is the victim of face blindness lately, guys. There's two characters in this film that Eric cannot get straight. The captain, who he has already talked about, Cyrus, is an Army Corps of Engineers guy.
1: Okay, so what
0: does Gideon do? Why is he being Gideon is a war correspondent, journalist, writer, author, civilian. Right. These are two different people that I will predict Eric will continue to...
1: Confuse for the rest of this this episode oh no i won't i mean i i i know that gideon gideon is probably the most likable character in this he's
0: literally one. the only character i found any interest watching or talking about
1: yeah so gideon the war correspondent the civilian is going to be thrown in prison with the rest of these guys, but they have rigged the staircase down to the basement with a broken stair, and so the uh, the the guards are bringing Gideon down and they tumble down the stairs and they're overpowered by the uh union prisoners and they all sneak out and get in a hot air balloon sort of kind of sort a, of a a flying balloon with a gondola thing, although there is no source of hot air for this balloon yes and so for the first 20 minutes of this movie that involve a, a daring balloon escape, I was scratching my head the whole time going, well, what in the world is in that balloon? Cause it's obviously not a hot air balloon. Eric was so trying like,
0: to figure out the science.
1: They can't have had helium at that time. So is it possible they had hydrogen balloons in 1865? I didn't bother to look it up. I know I've got a smartphone. All I got to do is type this stuff in and take me a minute, but I wanted to ponder it and think about it and see if I could figure it out. And Looking it up afterwards, Megan tells me that it was supposed to be a hot air balloon, which is absolutely ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it's not. There's no hot air. There's no mechanism by which hot air could be
1: created. That would be very cool air very quickly in that rainstorm. Yeah. Anyhow, they. Now, I will say this
0: this is just extra, like, this is like the more you know. If you want a very amusing, like, extra credit project for this episode, Go find on Drunk History, there's a great episode about, uh, I think it's like about the Civil War or something like that, and one of the two or three stories that is included in it is a story about the guy who invented the the spy network of hot air balloonists that spied on the Confederate Army for the Union using hot air balloons. It's great, because first off it's Drunk History, so it's amusing as fuck, but second, it's about like People using hot air balloons to spy on the Confederate Army, which is bonkers. Like to me, it's just like, why didn't they just look up? There's a balloon in the sky. Mm. But I guess back in the day, you just didn't look up very often because what's up there? Yeah, it's Clouds. Really
1: interesting. That kind of relates to that uh, Laurie Anderson movie I just watched. But uh, that, that's anyway, neither here, that's nor there. here no, no,
0: no. I just, it's fun. It's a fun yeah. episode. Go, go watch it. it barely has anything to do with this movie, but there was a hot air balloon in it. So anyway, yeah, so continue. They're, they're
1: getting into the gondola of the balloon and they get, sort of uh, kidnap a Confederate soldier because... Kind of.
0: I think he's just, he sort of is trying to like do his job and get them to be prisoners again. And the balloon takes off.
1: Yeah. And, and they're like, okay, you're the Confederate. We're going to throw you over the edge of this balloon. And he's like, don't throw me over. And he said, well, you got to help us. I'll never help you. And they say, well... Listen, if you don't want to help us fly this balloon, if you don't know how to fly this thing, then we're just going to throw you over the edge. And he's like, I know how to fly it.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that was the thing is they were like, well, none of us know how to operate this balloon. And he's like, well, I know how to operate the balloon. I know how to
1: pilot this balloon. There's nothing to pilot in this. balloon. You can't
0: pilot hot air balloons, guys. First
1: of all, there's no fire that he can can turn on or off. There's no burner. There's no... There's nothing that he can control the amount of hot air in the envelope, and there is some sort of a valve to let the, the air out, we find out. Or the later gas, on it, or the whatever. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I'm under the impression this was some sort of a gas balloon, and but whatever
0: whatever it is. I mean, doesn't... I guess here's my question. If it was a helium balloon, because like... F-
1: Let's I mean, say it's a helium balloon.
0: Because fucking, like, the internet doesn't know everything. So like, we looked this up, somebody said it was supposed to be a hot air balloon, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was actually supposed to be a helium gas balloon.
1: It, it, in the context of the movie, I think it probably was, but I think in the context of the book, it probably was a hot air
0: balloon. Yeah. Okay. So fine. Whatever. That's my doesn't guess. helium cause like you get so you go to the the shoe store opening and the, there's a creepy clown with a tank of helium that gives you a helium balloon, and the whole experience is unpleasant because clowns are horrible. But you take that helium balloon home with you as a small child. Over time, the helium balloon goes and dies because the helium becomes somehow less buoyant right no, no 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 well why does that balloon the helium leaks out oh the helium leaks out yeah okay but helium that...
1: doesn't change into anything helium is just all by itself It so goes, the... it goes away forever
0: so the balloon is porous and and can't contain the helium right okay but then so by that logic even a giant balloon full of helium the helium is going to leak out of that balloon.
1: It's going to need to be replenished somehow.
0: Okay, so in this movie, I
1: mean the Goodyear blimp is a helium helium balloon,
0: right? But the the Goodyear blimp is not in the air for four or five days straight like these fuckers
1: were. Yeah, I think it is. Is it? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's. I think it's always in the air. I think they just they 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 bring it down to like let people off and on it. But I mean, it's not like they they deflate it ever.
0: Well, no, but like. They land it, though. Yeah, they
1: replenish the helium. Like
0: it, People have to get off the Goodyear blimp. Right. And no one lives on the Goodyear... Oh, shit. <laughs> maybe somebody does. Do people live on the Goodyear blimp?
1: There's so many questions that this film raises. I have raises. a lot of questions now. The, these are not important questions.
0: The, the movie itself was bland, but I have a lot of questions now about things. I learned a lot, Eric. Uh, or I have a lot... Uh, this opened my mind. Yeah. You well, know, books are drugs, but this movie... Is like a, it's like an acid trip of
1: questions. See now this is now you're going down the science hole. Now you're, you're I fell down the part, science hole. You're part of my world. So you start asking one question and you go like, well, wait a minute, how does that work? And I, then you go, well, wait a minute, if I'm like works, Timmy. Way, I
0: it? fell down a well of science. Yes. And I need Lassie to come and tell someone that I'm there so that they can tell me how to get
1: out of it. Look, the point of all this is that there's no way to you even can gotten, steer a balloon. You we can't. haven't gotten past 20 minutes of this movie. The Goodyear blimp <laughs> has motors on it and fans and propeller blades and And stuff. places
0: to go. It has, like... <laughs> nfl games to buzz right
1: and it also has advanced knowledge of the weather and air patterns and all kinds of things where you can and and, there's several of them and
0: and maps because here's the one thing that these fuckers in this not hot air balloon don't have is like a clear idea of geography because they get into this balloon in virginia and then end up in a storm for four days and then they're in the pacific ocean they think
1: yeah. I Maybe? Think, yeah. No, I think they find a map or something later on, or it's in the trunk or something that washes sure. ashore. And they figure that they're like 1,500 miles to the east of Australia. So they're somewhere like in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. So this balloon
0: right? travels l- like a, like a jetliner, liner.
1: Well, I mean, four days, maybe it could happen. I don't. It, it's, no. it's sort of perplexing. No. No? I a hot know. air balloon. If you were in a hot air balloon for four days, you would be on the other side of fucking
0: Australia.
1: No, no, no. Not the other side of Australia. The east side of Australia. Between the mm. coast of. I call bullshit. Of South America bullshit and Australia. Bullshit artist. Yeah. I don't know how much ground you could cover in four days in a storm. I think it's kind of unlikely that you could make it all the way from Virginia, all across the southern U.S. and across Mexico and all the way into the Pacific in four days in a storm. No. I don't think it's possible, but, Mm-mm. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I haven't looked into the, could it the be? airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow.
0: This is my my theory is because Jules Verne is French. Mm-hmm. Could it just be that, like, with you, with your face blindness, that Jules Verne is just like, America, it's like France, right? Yeah. It's small. Four yeah. days could easily get you to Australia. Sure, why not? Sure. He's got he's got uh, geography blindness.
1: It doesn't matter. The whole thing was shot in Spain. So they, they, maybe the balloon actually blew east and it went across the Atlantic Ocean to Spain.
0: What? What?
1: What? Because the whole thing was shot in Spain, right? Well, the movie, but the story. It was on a mysterious island. We could say it was a mysterious Spanish island off the coast of Spain. But that was the wrong direction entirely. Well, I know, but we could just pretend... Okay. It, either way, it's wrong. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. We still
0: haven't even gotten 20 minutes look, into this movie look, yet. Look this, look, this long fucking movie. Wait,
1: listen. Yes. Okay, look. Uh-huh. The balloon crashes and they land on the mysterious island. That's all we need to know. Yeah, that's well, true. All of this bullshit that we talked about for the last 15 minutes doesn't make any difference at all it, unless you're interested in the golden age of ballooning. I, I might be. Yeah. Well, you know, you were interested in the balloon. Okay, and
0: okay, so I I, wanted—I—I know that we're still like only twenty minutes in this movie, but I just wanted to like mention this because like we've watched now a couple of like movies that like little boys primarily watched like to have fun adventure times with their friends because like Eric was like, oh yeah, I watched all these movies when I was a kid, and then uh, me. It's another
1: one that came on family classics, the Sunday afternoon family movie and then like you
0: and your buddies like you'd go out and you'd pretend to be on mysterious island yeah you go
1: out in the backyard hang off a rope on the tree and pretend you were on the balloon escaping you know right like yeah that kind of stuff
0: yeah and like i was i I grew up in mayberry (laughs) i (laughs) and i was saying to eric the mean
1: streets of chicago
0: (laughs) i literally never saw any of these films as a kid but some of my favorite books when i was a kid like i loved robinson crusoe I I can't tell you how many times I read Robinson Crusoe, and, like, that was, like, super, like, fun to think about. Like, what would happen if I was on an island by myself, like, surviving? I loved Swiss Family Robinson. I I read that book a million times, too. Like, that was, in some ways, more interesting, because, like, Robinson Crusoe was always like, I'm getting off this motherfucking island. Whereas Swiss Family Robinson, they were like... I guess we live here now. Let's build
1: a treehouse. They had a Swiss Family Robinson treehouse at uh Disneyland in Anaheim, California. I wonder if that's still there. I I, I bet it's gone.
0: Uh, who knows.
1: It <laughs> was like a huge huge giant treehouse like from the movie Swiss Family Robinson with like a little bucket elevator mm-hmm. that went up and down, brought water and like a little kitchen made out of coconut shells and and you know like this this high-tech like house of the future but built out of Coconuts. Coconuts. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Like, there was something, like, appealing when you were a child of, like, how many things can I build out of a coconut?
1: Yeah. The professor on Gilligan's Island made, like... Radios? He made it. No, no. They only had that one radio. But he was able to make a a phonograph record. Oh, sure. Or, like, a a record player. Oh, yeah. And he was able to make uh, Mr. Howell a golf cart, a working golf cart, where he would drive around the island, made out of, like, bamboo and palm fronds. Mm -hmm. They were able to make pies of all types i don't know what they used for crust or eggs or you know they can make a banana
0: cream pie out of coconuts
1: (laughs) yes (laughs) and they make a coconut cream pie out of banana leaves i don't understand how that whole thing mark listen (laughs) look
0: all but but no no let me let me finish my point here my point is that i didn't watch any of these movies as a kid and i learned a few things now that we've watched several of these films there's rules right so rule number one is If you are a a manly man on an adventure with other manly men, it is a requirement to yell at all of the other men constantly. Yeah. It doesn't matter what's going on. You just yell constantly.
1: Go, go, go. Move, move, move.
0: Right. Let's let's run, people. Let's run. Yeah. Number two, you have to have things to cut. You must be cutting things constantly. Ropes, uh, pieces of tarp, uh, balloons. Um straps, other men just you if you don't have a knife you're fucked. Right. somebody's got to have a knife, and if there is a knife, things must be cut constantly right and then number three is if there is a ledge, a rope, a ladder uh you name it, you must fall off of it over it onto it just as much as you possibly can.
1: This are all things we did as young kids. this is. And one of the main things that we all needed to have was a pocket knife for this very reason, because you needed to cut things. And we spent lots of time jumping off of things and falling off of things.
0: Everybody needs a pocket knife. Yeah, women also need pocket knives. I yeah. don't understand why. Well, we this... didn't
1: play with girls because they were gross and they wanted to play with Barbie dolls, and we didn't. We didn't really I, truck with
0: that. I would gladly have not had dolls and had a pocket knife.
1: Well, I wish you were with us when we were little kids because then you would have. You would have had more fun, and I would have had more fun. Because. Because you know we would have played together as kids. And yeah, We would have had like adventures together.
0: Parents, don't buy your your daughter's dolls. Buy her a knife. Actually, when you she's know, like six years
1: old, get her a knife. Here's the thing. That's my
0: advice. Here's the thing. Buy your children dolls and knives. Or, I mean, don't, or don't dolls or
1: dolls who carry knives. Yes,
0: either one of those things. Like, <laughs> like, like,
1: like what don't are those, encourage like, them like, to
0: knife the dolls. Like, but no, no, like. No.
1: Like buy them both of those things because they need them both. Like one of those oversized like uh, like uh, dolls from the American Girl thing, and then put a knife in her hand.
0: Or like have the like utility tool be
1: part of the doll, right? Like the oh, multi
0: tools yeah. in the doll. So yeah. like like
1: an Ed Edward hands kind of a doll. Sure, a,
0: fuck yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Do that. That'd be great It's like a
1: transformer, but it has a like a a screwdriver
0: and a corkscrew in it.
1: All right, now
0: back to the movie. Yes, we
1: promise. Let's do this.
0: They landed on mysterious island. It's mysterious.
1: Mystery. Why is that mysterious? Because there's a giant crab they fight, like right at the very beginning. I love that. They wash ashore. and everybody, like, wakes up and uh, gets their shit together. And then all of a sudden, a giant crab comes out and picks up the black guy, picks up uh, uh, Neb. A Neb, and and starts waving him around. And they're like, hey, we've got to save this guy. And we both looked at one another and go like, ah, yeah, the God black it, guy maybe. always dies first. You know, why, why what you? the fuck? Come on, mm, man. You're, 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 you're not being mean to him. And now look at this. But he doesn't die. They, ki- they kill the crab with a bunch of spears that they made. There was like one knife. They had that one knife that was the, so important. So yeah,
0: the guy whittled some spears.
1: Yeah, but they weren't whittled spears. They were spears that had like 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 elaborate spear points tied to them. I I don't did he whittle those elaborate spear points out of like Bamboo. coconut wood or something?
0: Yeah, he made them out of coconuts because you can make shit. He can make anything out of coconuts, guys. I don't know, man.
1: Hopes, dreams. Anyway, okay, so they're, they're fighting this giant crab, and the, the crab is, you know, fighting bad because the crab's armored, right? So this is this great Harryhausen stop motion bit, and they actually used a real crab that they killed humanely and ate. <laughs> yeah,
0: they, well, so, they, <laughs> so the story is, is they bought three crabs because they, they were like, most if you've, if you've ever seen Ray Harryhausen's work, most of his stuff is made out of latex. So it's latex over an armature, and then it's stop motion. And with a crab, you already kind of have armature because it's a hard shell. So, yeah, like Eric said, they 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 bought some crabs. They killed them humanely. They ate them because nose to tail, right? And then they took the, the shell, put an armature inside of it, dipped it in wax, I believe, so that it stayed nice. Mm-hmm. And then they... they did close-ups of the of a live crab to get the little uh, mandible things.
1: Yeah, if you've ever been to, like, a souvenir shop or something down in, like, Key West or, you know, somewhere where they'll sell you, uh, like, souvenirs from Florida, they'll have a shelf with these little, like, crabs, like like, preserved crabs that have, like, been shellacked or something, like, varnished, you know, to put in your collection of, Things that you
0: dead animals. Your
1: dead, your de- <laughs> dead animal collection. Dead
0: seahorse. Dead sand dollar. Dead crab.
1: Yeah, it's like dead that. Squirrel. It's, it's like this, and so they fight it. So and and they do a pretty good job because it's like a, a, a you know reverse projection screen or something, or they they like put together two films. So like the guys are obviously. They don't have green screen at this point. This has got to all be done by hand. Mm-hmm. These are all, like, pieces of film that these guys have to, like, stick together and stuff. And they did a really nice job with that. And when the crab is holding on to somebody, that somebody in the crab claw can't be an actor floating around on a wire that they digitally erase later. It has to be a little doll of that guy, like, kicking his legs and moving his moving his hands and stuff around. And, and
0: it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you that. can tell it's fake. But, like... Yes, yeah. it's, it's as good as you're going to get yeah. for 1961.
1: But how do they kill the crab? They don't stab it because it can't can't stab it because it's armored. What do they do?
0: Well, the Confederate guy, Sergeant What's Empty yeah. scrunch.
1: Sergeant Pencroft.
0: Yeah, sure that guy. Uh he's like, "You guys, you can't stab a crab with a wooden spear. That's not going to work." Uh, even folksy me from Kentucky who's its knows that that's not going to work. I got this rope. So while you were distracting this crab, I'm gonna I'm gonna Luke Skywalker this shit and tie it through its legs. Yes,
1: a young George Lucas watched this probably, or the guy who wrote the uh, the Star Wars episode seven? Is it no? Uh, five. Yeah. Five. Yeah, it was yeah, five. five. Five.
0: Five. Episode seven was Force Empire. Awakens.
1: Yeah. Empire Strikes Back.
0: Wasn't that uh, Kasdan? Wasn't
1: that? Yeah, Lawrence Kasdan. I yeah,
0: think, I think yeah, so, he yeah. He did that one. Uh, yeah, so he's he's threading the rope through the crab's legs, and they've managed to flip it over on its back. And conveniently, there's a hot spring geyser uh, that's just a, the same size as this giant crab, like, located directly behind where they flip it over. And it slides into the hot spring and boils to death, and then they have dinner.
1: Yeah, boiled crab. It made a, made a huge, natural sort of sheet crab soup with seawater and... Lava. To be fair, it is on a volcanic island, and there is an erupting volcano there, which is sort of a, a kind of like propels the third act when they've got to do things because otherwise the island's going to blow up, the volcano's going to explode. So, on a hot volcanic island, it's not unreasonable to think that there would be geysers or you know hot springs of boiling water. So the crab fell in. So they have all have a delicious crab dinner, and that's that's the first part of the film. Then the uh, ladies wash up. Right, right.
0: Convenient ladies wash up. Yeah,
1: there's a there's a uh, lady, uh, lady Mary. She's a she's Australian, I believe.
0: No, she's not Australian. She's British. She's British, but yeah. she knows some
1: people in Australia or something like that.
0: She has friends. Yeah, uh, and yeah. her
1: niece, young Elena, young yeah. beautiful Elena, her niece.
0: They're noble people and right. they're rich, and their ship explodes and vanishes, and they're on the beach for some reason and it's confusing as to how they got there because this story doesn't really feel like it needs to explain logically why people get to the island they just get there
1: well they spent an awful lot of time explaining to us how the main guys got to the island what with like 15 minutes of balloon action and
0: by that time they're like you guys are tired of explanations right yeah you just look you just want some ladies right cuz it's been a sausage fest until yeah. now, right? Hey so ladies. We've got older lady and younger lady. Both they're both of, handsome. They're women. both attractive ladies and they're very they're very wily. So let's just let's just fuck off with the explanations. Right. Just, so here, we have lady in a red dress, that's lady Mary, and then we have lady in a lavender dress and that's Elena. Just go with it, okay?
1: Right. And they're like ladies, how you doing? Hey, and then the captain says, "Hey, Back, you guys. We're just don't, don't, don't even look at them. They're, they're ladies and we're, we're filthy men and we're not allowed to touch or look or anything. So we'll give the ladies our shelter and we'll make them a little privacy screen that we can see through, but we can say we did it and we'll put it up there and then we'll go off and do manly things. Now you dig for vegetables and you go hunting and you do some manly other thing while the ladies stay back at the little hut. Yeah.
0: The captain barks a lot of orders to everybody and everyone's like, um,
1: they're all concerned with, like, not being required to obey his orders. Well, the-, and the captain constantly has to explain, no, you're not required to do that, but I'm in charge of this group. So if you want to be part of this group of people who are surviving, then you do have to listen to my orders.
0: Well, the, the, the there's a tenuousness to his, like, authority. Because yeah. he's, he's... Well, a
1: photographer, the photographer, the reporter guy isn't under his command and the confederate guy isn't under his command. Well, right. right that's
0: that's sort of the problem there's a problem with his authority his authority is that it, and there's slightly a problem with his authority as far as it goes with the union army guy as well because he is an army corps of engineer he's an engineer captain he's not like a military guy captain i mean he is technically because he is in the army but he's like a science guy He is the science captain it's like, OK, well, I have the trapping of the the term captain and these, this one, these two younger guys, they're, you know, they're obviously, you know, they're privates. They're supposed to answer to me. But yeah, like literally everyone else. It's like, how are you, my boss? Well, yeah. I've decided I'm the captain of everybody and I'm definitely the captain of these guys. And so you don't have to follow my orders. But, you know, who else are you going to follow?
1: We're rough and ready, guys, and you kind of need us on your side, so either you're with us or you're not, but if you are with us, I'm in charge. And it's like, well all right fine. it's not like he's a, a, an obnoxious asshole or tells him to no. do all kinds of things that don't need to be done or pushes him around unduly i mean he just designates he's like just, you do this do you do that i mean he's just taken over the way somebody needs to take over right he does yeah. a fair enough job of it i mean sure
0: i mean he's he's in charge yeah there are certain things about being in charge that are unpleasant and that people don't like
1: you know that very well.
0: Yeah, because I'm oftentimes in charge of things, and people just don't like being in charge of yeah. things. And they then, don't want
1: to be in charge. They don't want to be in charge. They want to make you in charge, and then you tell them to do something, and they go, what?
0: And then they're like, I don't want to fucking do what you say. And then <laughs> right. it's like, fine, then you be in charge. And they're like, I don't want to be in charge and have people like not want to do shit. And it's like, well then what do you want? And we,
1: yes. And what, you,
0: what is exactly that you want? Well, yeah. I want to, I want to begrudgingly do the shit you tell me to do.
1: <laughs> and pretend I didn't want <laughs> to do it. And pretend I didn't
0: want to do it. Cause I actually don't want to do it. And I just want to bitch about it.
1: I need someone to make me do things is what it well, is. Well, great. It's like, so uh, I guess that's me. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> or, or captain, uh, captain Harding. Yeah. So, so the, the ladies show up and then, uh, the next thing that happens is they're attacked by a, giant bird a terror bird of some sort
0: it's like a emu a rainbow emu mutant
1: yeah it's like if you took it like something a little bit like a plucked half plucked chicken and an kind e- of an emu e- an ostrich emu. Yeah. and with like a woodpecker head it like, like a red crest on it it's like an or something. axe beak yeah yeah it's like a dnd bird yeah yeah that that's that's what i mean it's like the the terror bird that they have at uh, the field museum it's got this big giant Huge ass beak. It's like four feet tall. But this one's like 10 feet tall. Anyway, so they end up fighting it, and uh, the young guy, what's his name? Herbert uh, jumps on the back of it, rides it around, and he stabs it over and over with a knife. His a big knife. knife. He has a knife. He's the knifeman. He, and Herbert Knifeman is his name.
0: He came prepared to cut things and, and he stabs fall on yeah, stuff. Yeah, he
1: stabs the bird over and over in the neck. And then what do they do? They roast it and have a giant, like, i uh, called it yes i was like they're not gonna waste that they're gonna eat that bird right and they do and he's got the knife so he's carving the bird actually i think the uh, captain's uh, carving uh, the oh bird. the captain's carving captain harding's carving the bird so he hands over the knife and it's like a huge ass thanksgiving turkey i mean it's like if you made a like a like a 10 times the normal size of a thanksgiving it's turkey. like
0: the it's like the john madden like Eight-legged <laughs> they, turkey they, turkey they do on the like the Detroit
1: Lions. Um. It's so funny though. I mean, it's like perfectly brown, golden brown. It's like a oh, like yeah, a butterball no, ad. There was
0: some fucking the- PA that was tasked with cooking a goddamn giant turkey. They're like, "All right, man, go out and get a turkey." And they're like, "Wait, what?" They're like, "Yeah, you got to cook the turkey for the the shoot today." And they're like, "No, no, I I don't want to cook a turkey." It's like, "Well, either you got to like buy one or cook one." And we literally have twenty dollars for this (laughs) and we're in spain so good luck with that go find a turkey
1: well this is an enormous thing and and they they eat it off of these giant uh scallop shell plates it's just like gilligan's island at this point they're all having a nice time and then that's when the uh uh, then they discover a bullet in the neck of the terror bird and they say well this is obviously what killed it, not the fact that I stabbed it 10 times with my knife. I don't know how they determined that, but they did. Logic. Logic. It was they like, came
0: up with, they they decided yeah. that it was going to be that way.
1: Yeah. Herbert's like, yeah, come to think of it, it did feel kind of odd how it collapsed under me after I stabbed it 10 times in the neck. I, it seemed like it should not have collapse whatever so they find a bullet in the neck of this bird and they go what and then that's when the the trunk washes ashore there's weapons in it there's hairpins and there's uh uh knitting needles and uh tampons and no tampons uh, no uh there's There's a book there's robinson crusoe there's a book there's cooking pots there's other stuff that shows up
0: and there's a compass
1: that compass right and
0: they discover that the Everything is bearing the mark of the Nautilus.
1: Yes. In fact, it's like somebody had made them a special package, almost, They got a care that package. they might need. A
0: care package you know. steamer trunk.
1: Yeah. From like the Nautilus. Your, yeah. The book of Robinson Crusoe. that gave them little tips, and then a map, and a compass, and mm-hmm. a set of dividers, and all these kinds of things. So uh, that, that seems kind of fortuitous. Now, what is the Nautilus, Eric? The Nautilus is the submarine of Captain Nemo from uh, Jules Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So this is kind of a sort of a sequel to that book, uh, the, where Jules Verne brought back Captain Nemo. I know he, he dies or disappears or something at the end of 20,000 Leagues. I don't know. I think, I think it kind of disappears, but they're they're sort of assumed that they're going to the, the nautilus is going to sink or something i don't recall anyhow that's that's what washes ashore so they get that and then they uh see some uh what happens next oh that's when the giant bee attacks right and well it's
0: like, <clears throat> address happens so they, they've got all the stuff now, right? They've got sewing kits, they've got hairpins, they've got guns, they've got all kinds of shit going on. And as a little aside, uh, there is some voiceover and it is determined that Lady Mary, the older of the two ladies, is very handy with a needle and thread. And they have, one of the the things on this island are goats. They have a lot of goats. They've got, Tons of goats. They have they have an overabundance of goats. And so she has created They
1: have no dearth of goats.
0: They're literally goats falling out of every crack and crevice of the There are myriad goats. Fucking island. Of a goats. plethora.
1: A veritable plethora of goats. Uh,
0: so many goats. A herd of goats. And so she's started creating leather garments out of goats for the castaways
1: yeah convenient that they have leather tanning
0: chemicals yeah i was well that was the thing too is just like oh well she started creating clothing out of goat leather and i was like i'm pretty sure that you can't just
1: take the leather off
0: of the you can't just take the skin and then it's leather and then it's you wear it
1: maybe there's a process where see this is a thing you go this is how you go down the science hole megan i know you start thinking and you go like well that can't be and then you go wait a minute who knows maybe maybe you can get a hide of a goat and cut the fur off of it and then scrape it you know with your knife since you have a knife and then you know like wash it with seawater or something maybe it's the, the goat skin is pliable enough that you could <sighs> i would think it'd be like tough and hard like rawhide once yeah, we, it dried we, out well, right? it's
0: gonna dry out yeah it's not gonna be like form-fitting and like like nice to wear you gotta like treat it with stuff
1: see and, you know, i want to see the science version of mysterious island where they the, no, you do actually
0: know, no, no no that exists it's called mm. the colony uh-huh. it's, uh it's it was a reality show about like the post-apocalypse don't watch season two only watch season one it's great it's amazing it's about a bunch of people who have to like figure a whole bunch of shit out it's mysterious island the post-apocalypse it's right. great
1: and the a... engineer is god because that's the guy that can that's the only guy that can do any shit. Everybody mm. else is a knucklehead.
0: No, 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 no. No, no really? No, there's okay. a lot of people that do good shit. In okay, fact, that's the good. the guy who turns out to be one of the most useful guys is a computer engineering professor. And he's at the beginning of the show, he's like, "I don't know what I can do because we don't have electricity and there's no computers." But it just so happens that he kind of has a photographic memory and like in episode 2 he wanders in and is like, "I'm pretty sure I can make a thing that like runs a car engine off of wood gas and they're like go for it dude and he builds a get ga- a wood gas ossifier
1: well see now that's an engineering thing that's not a computer science thing he didn't no. do that because he's a computer scientist no 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 he did that because he's a hobbyist engineer
0: right exactly right but that's not his main thing
1: sure he also built a flamethrower these guys on mysterious island don't do that all they've got are spears
0: well, there's also, like, a guy that's a machine. They found some
1: matches, too. There's a
0: guy that's a machinist on uh, the the colony who builds a uh, go-kart out of solar panels. And solar build- panels? Solar panels. Solar panels. That he finds on, like, the roadside, uh, uh, like, uh, speed, uh, uh, you know, like, the thing, the things that when you're on the highway are, like, road construction ahead, that they've oh. got, like, the solar panel thing on the top.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he
0: breaks it down and builds a fucking golf cart assault. Like how, how would them.
1: that even be on an island, though? I mean, one it's of not on things.
0: an island. They're in L. A. It's a post-apocalypse.
1: Oh well, so it's like more like mysterious L. A. Then.
0: Well, it's mysterious it, L. A. But there's like marauders and shit. Oh well, it's man, great. I mean, it'd be season one, to the get colony. By. You can fucking find it streaming on shit. I, I. You can't. can find
1: Mysterious Island streaming on. Wait, no, I had no, a copy of H- that one. Yeah, no, I like, think that was on HBO. Yeah.
0: Anyway, it doesn't matter. It exists. You should watch it. It's great. Anyway, back to my Look. point. The yeah. dress, yes, so she makes a goatskin dress for this this young lady, and this is eighteen sixty five people when they wash up on the fucking island they're wearing like clothes on top of clothes on top of clothes, like like they don't even show their ankles. This dress barely covers her ass with goat skin. Should I read the review? yeah, okay. this review is on i don't usually read reviews uh off of uh any of the various uh amazons or imdbs but i came across this review right before we started recording and it is amazing <clears throat> this review is titled should have won an oscar for best dress forget the Harryhausen special effects what makes this movie great is the dress the main female character wears it's incredible we are introduced to the dress like this our heroes escape pow's ...are stranded on a desert island filled with gigantic animals. At some point, two women, aunt and niece, if I recall, wash onto shore after surviving a ship accident. The aunt decides to make her niece a new dress because the old one is all torn up, so she constructs a dress out of leather, and holy shit, what a dress. I don't fully understand why she would make a dress like that, being from the conservative 1860s, the Midwest and all but it is the most erotic dress I have ever seen. It's so tiny and skin tight. It looks like she can't bend over or it would explode into a million pieces. I spent the entire movie leaning forward in rapt attention because it honestly looks like it is going to tear apart at any moment. Wow! Exclamation point. The rest of the movie is pretty good too. The special effects are wonderfully fun. But, and then it goes on for a while. Blah, 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 blah. They talk about the crab. Uh, uh. Okay. And then uh, <laughs> then he goes on and he's like... Uh, uh, he talks about the girl, the girl still looking great in that dress, wander into a cave, which we're about to talk about, uh, and see a giant honeycomb. Hmm, interesting, they say. They hear this buzzing sound and wonder what it is. What's that buzzing noise, they say. It's getting closer. I don't believe it's humanly possible to be that stupid. It's giant bees, you idiots. Get out of there. Oops, too late. Now Colossal Bee is cornering you. Didn't see that one coming, huh? Worth watching for the FX and the dress. 8 out of 10 stars.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so that—that's uh, today's episode of uh, Cinema Super Collider. That's <coughs> so, all you really need to know. They, yeah, they—they they find a river of honey flowing down a mountain.
0: So it's giant bees.
1: Duh. Yeah, there's the the, la- uh, the the young lady in the dress goes over to the mountain and is like, "Hmm, there's this slimy goo oozing down the side of the cliff. I think I'll taste it." She doesn't taste
0: it. Oh no, she doesn't. She she's says like, "I a- don't." I think it's honey, and the guy's like. Let, me, get Let s- me lick this rock. I'm gonna, just going to put it in my mouth, I guess, because yeah. that's what I do. That's what
1: I do. I'll put anything in my mouth. Mm. And uh, it's, it's like it's honey. We climb up the cliff. They see a giant honeycomb. And like the reviewer said, they're like, they hear this buzzing. What is it? What is it? Dude, come on. It's giant bees. <laughs> like the, there's a honeycomb in front of you with the cells of the honeycomb that are approximately six, in, six feet across. So, like, yeah. I mean, you had a giant crab. You had a giant bird. Yeah. What do you expect? Uh, a, uh, a centipede. Uh, you know, who knows? Like, what What else would be buzzing? A a, a cloud of flies? I mean, sturges? I don't know.
0: Uh, giant bees. Yeah,
1: giant bees. And they, they take refuge in the honeycomb and uh, chase the bee. The bee comes and menaces them, and they sort of poke it with their spear, you know. And uh, the bee decides that uh, it doesn't want to kill them because a bee is not a carnivorous thing and it's not going to eat them anyway. And it, so it seals them in with wax with a neat little animated sequence, which is really kind of cool, the way the, the 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 bee sort of secretes this wax and sort of like pats it into place with his little mouth, mm-hmm. like sealing up the uh, the honeycomb. And it's really kind of neat, it's almost like a science film right then. You see how the bee's sealing the uh, the honeycomb. And then they're trapped, trapped in a honeycomb cell.
0: Right, and so their solution is like, Oh, we're tra- we're trapped in here. Let's poke through that soft wax. Right, they have a fucking stick, and it's wax, and their solution and he's, is... And
1: he's Knife Boy. He's and he a- has
0: a fucking knife. And Herbert so- Knifeman. Yeah, so he's like, he's like, huh, what can we do? Oh, I got matches. Let's burn our way Let's out of here. Let's burn this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, we're in a tiny little space. Let's just set, Let's some- start a, fire. Let's set a fire and, like, I don't know. That's a good idea. Die. Yeah, yeah, as soon as they start the fire, like Eric and I look at each other, and we're like, "So we're gonna die of smoke inhalation?" <laughs> Is this the way to go, I guess.
1: Now they burn through the back and discover this mysterious cave. My- mysterious cave. Mysterious whisper. Mysterious cave, and then uh, they see it. The, the it's like filled with water, and there's a spooky submarine in there. And they climb aboard the submarine and see like this 1865 Louisiana prostitute bordello type chamber with a giant organ. You it's know, a fucking
0: like, whorehouse inside of the fucking Nautilus. Oh my guys. God.
1: It's got like flocked wallpaper and, and red here's the velvet thing. and like.
0: So when we were, when we first started up the movie to watch it, Eric had like been pre-screening it at a at a different time. Like at like
1: two in the morning or something.
0: Yeah, he like, like turned it on to like fall asleep to it or something and had fallen asleep to it. And so it stopped the movie right at about this point. So when we fired it up to watch it, uh, for the show this is where it started and I was like holy shit they end up in a they ended up in a
1: fucking like whorehouse there's, there's
0: hookers in this movie <laughs> there's like hookers in, like
1: they got like an a, an old lady who's the madam they got the young woman in the tiny dress who's t- obviously the hooker <laughs> yeah, and, and was, a bunch like, of guys like just standing like, around hanging shirtless around men
0: shirtless men on like fucking like velvet sofas with like a goddamn like organ with tassels hanging off of it and I was like this, I did not expect this from this movie <laughs> Yeah. And Mysterious so, Island. Yeah, it's yeah. like a goddamn like fucking like Bourbon Street
1: whorehouse right. on the, the inside guy, of the guy fingering his organ,
0: and he is yes. he doesn't play that organ. No, that actor is not playing that organ. He does put his hands on his organ though. He just sort of like strokes it. He st- <laughs> he strokes it. He just sort he of like he pokes it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. he I mean, doesn't like, play it. Yeah, he just Mm-mm. touches it. He just yeah. he just yeah massages it's pretty, yes. it. <laughs> it's
1: pretty exciting. So they escape from the cave. Find out that there's, like, Captain Nemo wanders ashore. He's, like, they, the, first of all, they see, oh, no, no, it's not the pirates. They fight the pirates, right? So this pirate ship shows up, like, flying the Jolly Roger from way out at sea. They got to see it on a telescope, and they're like, fuck, we got to hide. So they hide up in the little cave area and then have a gunfight with the, the pirates. But the pirates turn around and open up their cannon fire on them, and it's like, oh, shit, we're going to die. And then something sinks the pirate ship. The pirate ship just goes down. And they're all like, "Well, hmm, how did that happen?" And then Captain Nemo walks ashore wearing a giant shell on his back.
0: No, I <sighs> say no. Wait,
1: what? No? Mm-mm. Well, no, that's what happened. But... Oh, okay, good. I was like, "Oh man, no, no, we're gonna no, have to no, redo no, 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 this." No.
0: no, no, it's just ugh, people guys, are getting bored of the show already. Guys, he's literally wearing a shell on his back.
1: It's like a huge Pacific Triton's trumpet.
0: Andy's wearing a shell on his head.
1: It's like a slightly less huge Pacific Triton's trumpet with a little glass window in it.
0: No, yeah, you know how like I like in a rubber
1: re- suit like a like a gimp suit.
0: Yeah, you know how I get really excited about costumes, guys.
1: No, you you get, you, know, you wouldn't want to do a number with those kinds of shells if you had a bun- like a group number a bunch of girls with shells shell helmets and shell shell backpacks you wouldn't do that. Mm-mm. Not those like the mysterious island burlesque show
0: no it looks like it looks like you know when you have a a person that you need to put a helmet on so they don't like run into the wall and hurt their head
1: katie angel from uh from uh, uh indianapolis could make the giant crab she's good at fabricating giant burlesque things
0: well no that's different i would love to see someone be a giant crab yeah but I don't, know. I disagree
1: with, like... What about like, the bee? You could be the bee. You had the bee costume. I was right? a bee. Yeah. I had yeah. a bee act. You could be the giant bee.
0: I, look, guys, I I am not ashamed to say that I used to dress up as a sexy bee,
1: <laughs> and, uh... You could seal up one of your girls with wax. I, like,
0: my, I had a honeypot that was full of glitter, <laughs> and... Not wax. Not wax. No. And, uh, my, my cohort, Miss Pixie, dressed up like a bear, Mm -hmm. And she would steal my honeypot and chase me around. And I had to strip in order to get my honeypot back. And then I would dump glitter on my chest. There you go. I saw that act. That was my act. Yeah, that was great. The height of art. Yeah.
1: Yes. Who would be Captain Nemo? I think uh, Ray Gunn would be great as uh, Captain Nemo.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Ray would like to do that. Yeah,
1: he could strip, do a Captain Nemo strip. He could strip out of the thing that we're talking about. He could have the helmet thing and uh, like, no. Ray would not... And Ray would not be okay he's with too, that. No, way too classy. So look, look, Captain Nemo I just Nemo don't shows up. like
0: that costume is right. what I'm saying. I Captain don't Nemo like it. Captain Nemo shows
1: up and says, hey, I'm Captain Nemo. And they all go, hey, we heard about you. And so he's like, come to my sub. And we all go, they all go hang out down on the Nautilus. And Captain in Nemo the says, In the Bordello. In the Bordello room. In the whorehouse. Right. In, in like, in like uh, it's like Elvis's mansion. It's well, like,
0: and he's like wearing a velvet suit, serving them like fancy liqueur. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're it's all in fucking like tattered
1: shorts. It's just uh, yeah, like yeah, weird. No, yeah, like a crushed velvet burgundy smoking jacket with like a quilted satin collar. He's like a weird, like,
0: like, like pimp in yeah, his he's,
1: bordello. He's like, like Hugh Hefner of, of
0: like <laughs> of just like unwashed, just castaways. I thought
1: Captain Nemo was like an activist and like rough and ready and like wanted to. He is you know,
0: in the in the the literature. You know, yeah,
1: he's he's trying to prove a point about mankind being at war with one another and like using the the resources of the sea. In this, he's more like Hugh Hefner. So anyway, he explains to them that this, he can't bring a sub out and that they have to go and raise the, the sunken uh, uh, pirate ship before the volcano blows up the island. And they got to do it by pumping air into it with this pump. And they do a bunch of this engineering stuff. And Captain Nemo uh, sacrifices his life running the pumps in order to get the boat out of the water, like lifted up out of the water enough. And, uh, saves the rest of the people and they all sail away but the volcano collapses on top of captain nemo the end
0: mm-hmm. <sighs> well and there's a little there's a little war of like nerds going on too because like captain Nemo's like well we gotta we, this is how we're gonna do this like boat project we're gonna blow yeah. air into the boat and like the water will get blown out and that's how the boat will come up and yeah. then it doesn't work out and he's like well that was my one idea and so we're all gonna die and then the the Army Corps of Engineers guy is like, "What if we use a balloon?" And he's like, "That might work too." Mm-hmm. And that's what we've works. got
1: a balloon right here.
0: Yeah, he's like, "That that just might work," and it does. And then so Captain Nemo dies. Mysterious Island, Mysterious Whisper. Oh, and there was
1: also an underwater city, like a Greek temple or something, which was in the middle of the Pacific Ocean.
0: Yeah, there's like... There's I don't a,
1: know if it's like the lost continent of Atlantis was supposed to be knows, or something. I don't know. Because they're in the Pacific... There were, like, there were Egyptian statues down there, too. Why? There's like Ozymandias is down there. I don't know.
0: Look upon me, mortals, <laughs> and, and
1: be confused. And look, look, look upon mortals, and despair. Yeah,
0: it's weird. It's like, well, we're in the Pacific Ocean. That was Pacific my Ozymandias Ocean. underwater yeah, bit. Yeah, I That's,
1: I hope you like that. I know. You know That's I know. what
0: my cat's named after. <laughs>
1: yeah, so would you recommend Mysterious Island?
0: I don't know. It's kind of bland. It's on the one like on the one hand it has a lot of it has a lot of good things in it. Like the soundtrack is very good. It's uh the soundtrack is by Bernard, Bernard Herrmann, yeah, conducting did, the LSO. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like that's that's very high quality. And he mm. he is the guy that did the uh soundtrack to uh
1: The uh, Psycho. Psycho, right. right.
0: Yeah. Um and so, you know, it's got some good music going on in it. It also has uh Ray Harryhausen's uh, creations in it, and they're they're, I mean, for 1961, they're as good a uh, special effect as you're gonna get. Yeah,
1: they're not as good as like the skeletons from the uh, uh, Sinbad movies and uh, and
0: Clash of the Titans, Clash
1: of the Titans and stuff. But well, it's uh, the Kraken in Clash of the Titans is. Yeah, I was convinced it was a guy in a suit for the no, time. no. I know, I know, I was wrong. I admit, I admit my mistakes. Guys, all Clash of the, the time, Titans,
0: man. the original one that that has the Harry has stuff, in it is one of my favorite movies of yeah, all time. And yeah. we will, we'll, do we'll it. have
1: a lot more listeners if we do that because people know what that movie is. We Only will a few do that one. Care about this one?
0: We will do that one on the show sometime. It is one of the first movies I legitimately remember watching and knowing that it was not the best movie, but still loving it like I was a kid. Uh, yeah, I love that movie. So you've got your you've got your Harryhausen creatures in it. It's an adventure movie. Oh, that's... there
1: was like a Nautilus slash ammonite slash devilfish. Yeah, it had that like... was under the sea. That had like a guy. <laughs> yeah, it had like tentacles There's yeah, there's one moment like of like and...
0: of of a guy holding a tentacle onto his body while a fight is happening. underwater, underwater. Yeah, which you know, like both of us were like. Yeah, that's that's not good. Yeah. Um right. <laughs> So it's got things in it, you know? It, it's got some stuff in it. Super dynamation. Um on the you know, on on the one hand, Journey to the Center of the Earth made me really angry because of the writing and the misogyny in it, but it had way more personality and I a
1: stronger story, really.
0: It had a better story and the characters, despite the fact that the James Mason character really made me very, very angry. Um, I would watch that movie again. I don't think I'd watch *Mysterious Island* again. It's just too bland.
1: It's of a piece with uh, like the the twenty thousand Leagues Under the Sea* film, you know. With uh, it's an adventure. With, uh, uh, Kirk Douglas, you know that one, and uh, *Journey to the Center of the Earth* and uh, this one they're they're all kind of like beautiful technicolor films that are like a cut above the sort of low-level cheapy sci-fi and fantasy films that you would expect in those days people fighting giant animals was more like uh uh It's like a Bird Eye Gordon Yeah, Bird Eye Gordon and like the giant Gila monster. And they'd have like a lizard crawling around on like a train board, you know, like little trees and stuff. And they're like, oh, it's a giant lizard and town. This is way better than that, you know. But uh, I agree it's kind of boring, but it's kind of fun. It's unobjectionable. By today's standards, it moves very slow. You could edit the thing down, tighten it up, and probably have an hour-long movie. That was pretty good. Um,
0: I think the only thing that I would say is that if you're a parent or you are a you know you are adjacent to a small child a small girl child uh who you are responsible for entertaining on a somewhat regular basis this is the kind of film i'm not saying that you should you should use this film but find adventure films to feed your
1: girl child there's more out there than princesses is what you're saying
0: yeah i think it is important for parents and people who are are responsible for the you know the upkeep of girl children to give them these kind of adventures and not disney princess adventures because these these stories where there's action and adventure and science and ideas that don't involve you know dressing up and being pretty catching the perfect man and yeah and catching a boy and wearing dresses to a ball i I think that these are important things to incorporate into their entertainment diets um because these are not things that i remember watching when i was a kid and i think that they're important for they're important
1: for both boys and girls to have dr megan writes a prescription for this movie but (laughs) doesn't wouldn't recommend seeing it Look, for uh, other reasons.
0: Well, I, I, th- I just think that this particular one is dated and bland. Yeah,
1: I think it's, I think in, in general, I agree with what you're saying 100%. And I would say that in general, this is kind of a good kids movie more mm-hmm. than it is an adult movie, but it is a movie you could watch with your kids. I would say, yeah, but very little kids might be scared by some of the things in this, but you know, in, by today's standards, it ain't scary. It's just kind of fun and kind of funny. This is a movie that you could play like on Thanksgiving You know, like when all the kids are in the house and stuff and the little kids could watch it and the adults could come in and out and sort of laugh at it. And it's uh, I think it's a pleasant movie and kind of a fun movie, but it's not like, oh, you should see it.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I mean, the only reason why I'm not 100 percent like recommending it as a family film is because there's two women in this film and the only things that they do are wear dresses, so and act as arm candy for the young men.
1: Yeah, that's pretty, pretty I mean, the, much true. The
0: older woman does actually attempt to like save the younger woman at one point, but it's not a strong enough, like, role model for a girl. Yeah,
1: it's it's a it's a movie made for young primarily young men of the 1950s era yeah and and and, as such it's it's woefully lacking in in empowered female characters
0: and i think the thing i think the other thing too is that i can't recommend it to someone who just has a son because i think that there is a i think that you have an obligation as a parent to provide your kids Regardless of whichever gender they happen to be, or they choose to be, or they feel that they are, you know, whichever, whichever of those phrases fits best, you need to provide them with entertainment that shows adventure and fun that doesn't show the other side of the coin as being, well, they can only do this, like, well, boys can only cut ropes, and dangle from hot air balloons, and girls can only cook from cooking pots, and get excited about hairpins. Right. Like, make sure that the adventure is a good one across the board.
1: Thanks for listening to Cinema Super Collider. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Supercast or join our Facebook community where we post early warnings about our upcoming movie selections and also invite you to join our film discussions. You can email us questions, comments, and suggestions for future shows at Supercast at gmail.com. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. See you next time.